Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. For today's episode, we are joined by Aaron Willits, head football coach at Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois. Prior to taking the head coach job at Knox, Coach Willits was the offensive coordinator at Concordia College in Minnesota. In his nine years with the Cobbers, the team had an overall record of 62-28 and and a record of 48-24 and in the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. On top of his offensive coordinator role, Willits also served as recruiting coordinator, strength and conditioning coach, and equipment manager for the Cobbers. Coach Willits is not only the new head football coach at Knox College, but he is also an alumnus from the class of 2008. During his playing career, he earned all Midwest Conference honors as a senior and was voted the team's most valuable offensive player in 2007. Coach Willits graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree in social science and secondary education. And with that, please enjoy our conversation with Aaron Willits. Yeah, I, so I remember uh, I was a sophomore in high school when I when that really like resonated with me one time. I was I was running, and I'm not gonna again. I'm not naming any names, but I was running, and I was tired like I was like I tried in practice I was a if anything maybe you and I could be you know at different times in our lives have been accused like try hard is one of those insults that I can't stand but like we tried hard is that fair to say yeah I think 100% it's fair to say yeah like why why wouldn't why would you not we're here we should probably do the work we should try really hard to be the best I never understood that I never understood that the alternative is try not hard so that you can like uh, not improve, but also not feel the pain of of uh, defeat, knowing that you gave your best, because that's really what it is. It's fear avoidance. So we don't have to go through that right now. Um, but you know, I, I remember being a sophomore, running, had just tried hard all day in practice, and I had this coach who so clearly uh, had not been through what I was going through in many, many, many years. You know, and it's just, it's harder to accept, you know, and, and right or wrong, um, you know, belief in coach direction is probably an important thing. Trust in your coach is important, but like to walk the walk to some degree feels reasonable. For sure. And and when I was at my last job, you know, and fall camp gets really busy for football coaches, mm-hmm. right? Like, especially when you're on a college campus, you're trying to coordinate, you know, where they move next in the meeting, whether that's career center, dining service, whatever it may be, you're trying to bring in speakers and you're trying to organize that too. You know, so workouts kind of fell, you know, not as a priority, which wasn't something that I wanted. You know, so post practice, we would always have a couple of kids that wanted to do a little bit extra, you know, conditioning or whatever it is. Um, but I started that 10, 15 minutes before uh, I went into the locker room because we didn't have enough showers for all of us to shower at the exact same time. So inevitably somebody was gonna have to wait. Uh, I would start doing a few just jog gassers, you know, over and mm. back. And then when I got back to this side, you know, do 20 push ups and then go to the other side, do 15 squats and just kind of, you know, my background in CrossFit, I would do kind of a little 10, 15 minute thing just so that way I felt like I was getting some type of a workout. Well, it's amazing. You know, I start doing that and all of a sudden then a couple of guys see me like, what are you doing, coach? Oh, I'm just trying to get a, a quick 10 minute workout in. You know, they have the same problem, guys in the showers. It's not like we had a hundred showers for every guy for to go right, right in. Roster, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, then next thing you know, I've got my position group. You know, next thing I know, I've got a few more guys that are just kind of coming all of a sudden. And it wasn't a, you should do this kind of thing. I was doing my thing, but all of a sudden, you know, I look over and there's like 10, 15 guys that are just trying to get a little extra work. But part of it was, the try hard, right? Maybe a little bit. They wanted to be around coach, but also they were my support system. They knew, 
you know, cause I talked about, you know, my days and they knew how important fitness was. So they would see me doing that. And then they wanted to be there. Like, you know what? We got your back coach. Yeah, I, yeah. Know, I know you're trying to get a workout in. Like, yeah, I'll do this with you. You yeah. know, you're not sprinting or anything like that. That's going to hurt us at the end of practice. So those guys would get in with that. And that, you know, then was another step in creating that relationship where mm-hmm. we were invested in each other. It wasn't a one-way relationship where I was telling them you do this because I said, so it was, we're in this together. Investment. That's such a good term. Yeah, clearly you're invested in each other. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, um, that is one of the impacts I hope you have on Knox football right away. And that's what I assume is going to happen is like you, you tell that story and it's, it seems like a one off. But I think people gravitate to that side of you for what it's worth. It's like you try, you know, if, if you're willing to put yourself out there and try hard and go the extra mile, it is going to change behavior. Energy has a way of catalyzing the people around it. Like if you show extra energy, go a little bit of the extra mile, you know, some people are going to be averse to it and they're going to walk away and you know something about them. And some people are going to be attracted to it and they're going to come toward it and you'll know something about them as well. It's, it's inspiring others. Um, and I talk about that, you know, within the leadership skill set that I think is important for, for a captain or, or for any leader. But with it, it, I always talked about it like being in the, the calf. Like when that person's talking, it, it could be, you know, like, well, let's pull out a Jim Davis story. Like, let's eat this orange. So mm. fired up to eat this this whole orange, peel and all. But all of a sudden, you start is, to eat. To be clear, this is, this is something. Aaron and I went to college together. We we're talking about something that happened while we were in college. Way back. Yes. Yeah, way back. Yeah, eating an entire orange, peel and all. That was, that's what he's discussing right now yeah. for the listener. <laughs> but... When that person is so, so convinced that that's where their energy and their passion is that moment and they start talking and they start saying that with conviction, all of a sudden the next guy to him, you know, or the guy next to him is like, yeah, 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 let's do this. I think, I think this is a great idea, whether it's a great idea or not. But like when you, when you are into something so hard with a conviction and it becomes inspiring to Mm -hmm. other people to be like, I don't care what it is, but like, I feel your energy right now. Mm -hmm. I want to be in that with you. I want to do that with you. Um, that that's a very powerful motivator, right? Yeah. Like that, that is, that gets teams to want to come together and be mm-hmm. around one another. Um, so I definitely think that energy that, that, that I talk about it as, do you feel my vibe? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like the term swagger, so I use vibe. It's all yep. the same thing, but can you get on that? Do you feel that energy that we have right now going in a positive direction because we're seeing things in the same light that we want to take this step together? Right. Right. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think there's a lot that goes into that, but I have to, because of where we are, transition immediately into this Hulk poster. So uh, we are in, for those who can't see it because it's a, a podcast, we're in, um, we're in a, I think, a beautiful suite of football offices at, at the Knox College campus, big open set of windows, uh, huge screen TV. And what my eye is drawn to, though, is this picture of the incredible Hulk raising his fist. It's pretty intimidating. Uh, can you tell me about, we talked about this yesterday. Tell me about the Hulk metaphor and why it applies, um, to what I would call like an elite liberal arts college. I, there's two sides to the Hulk, right? Like there's the, the professor, there's the scientist side, and then there's, there's the Hulk, there's the switch, there's the aggression, there's, uh, the power, there's the athlete, there's, there's all of that. And I think particularly here at Knox, and, and I think you're 100% right, elite liberal arts 
uh, academic institutions, you could say the same about a Northwestern or a Stanford, right? You have to have the ability to do both. Mm-hmm. And I'm recruiting on that. I'm talking to young men about you have to have the ability to do both. And we're going to do them at a high level. Um, but we can't go out and play football with a bunch of Bruce Banners, right? You right. Know? And, and Hulk isn't the best person to be sitting in the classroom um, focusing, listening to a professor. We have to be able to do both. And for me, one, interested in Marvel in general, two, interested in the Hulk and Hulk smash and aggression yeah, yeah, yeah. and those types of things. But I think it does start to paint a picture for guys that, that you can do both yeah. and, and you can do both at a high level. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, I've, I've talked to a few guys about it because naturally they come in, they see it and they're like, why do you have a picture of the Hulk? Yeah. Well, it's, it, here's why. Cause I yeah. think it matters. Dude, I think it's such an interesting, um, I think it's such an interesting comparison. I would say that the only difference is that, w- that your kids and you, when you were playing fullback, probably have more control of the switch, but, but still the metaphor is, makes sense to me. Yeah. And you gotta be a little bit Bruce Banner. You, you can't you be have, all Hulk and end up at a place like this. Absolutely. You can't be all Banner and win football games. Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. You, yeah. You were already displaying these traits anyway, because you ended up here at Knox college because we were mm-hmm. recruiting right. you or, right. or you came here to play football. Like you were already exhibiting those qualities. Right. So now we just need to make sure that we're transparent with the guys about that, that we're going to do both at a high level. Yeah. No, I love that, man. So, um, okay. Let's throw this out there. Cause you are, you're, you're new. You're certainly not new to the school. Nope. You played football here. You were a captain of the Knox college football team. You came back and coached for a little bit. Then you took off for Concordia Moorhead. And the reason I want you to talk a little bit about that experience is I know about it because I've followed you and your career. Um, and I follow, you know, small college athletics relatively closely, but Concordia Moorhead, I would not say a household name. But anyone paying attention to the landscape of, of small college athletics, uh, I, I looked at your most recent schedule. It's like not only in season are you playing St. Thomas, which is now transferring to uh, transitioning into a Division One program, St. John's, which historically is one of the powerhouse national championship caliber or at least in the hunt type programs, sending guys to the NFL. Um, but you also schedule like the UW schools, like UW Whitewater, that's got national championships under their belt, like. You were coordinating an, coordinating an offense at a school that was playing against some of the best competition that exists. How was uh, it? 100%. So in 2019, uh, we had five preseason top 25 ranked teams on, on schedule? our schedule. Yeah, um, definitely the toughest, um, in my mind, the toughest schedule. I think I think maybe Wisconsin Stout had four or five because they played in the WAC. Yeah. And then they also had St. Thomas on their schedule too. Gotcha. So it was we're, we're trying to do the same thing. Um I think it it was fun. Uh, I think we kind of made the decision, I don't know, it was 2017 or something like that. You know, we got presented the opportunity to pick up Whitewater and, and Coach Rand came in and said, you know, what are your thoughts on Whitewater? I said, why not? Yeah. Right? Why not? You know, we've we've been in our conference. We're already playing three uh, of the perennial powers in, in all of Division Three in St. Thomas, Bethel, and St. John's. Like, what, what difference does it make in a non-conference game? You know, at that point, we had had a couple seven and threes and some eight and twos where, you know, the MIAC is one of those conferences that typically gets the at-large berth mm-hmm, um, right. just for, for consistency of, of strength in the playoffs. Um, so we'd already been on the outside of eight and two looking at it, looking from the outside looking in. So so why not go play Whitewater? Yeah. Um, one, for the competition sake, it's a non-conference, so it's going to prep us. But also, two, for the experience, right? Like, what we're here for is the academic side of things, but we're also trying to give the kids the best experience we can. Yeah. You know, bringing Whitewater to us, uh, I think maybe it was 2017 was the first time 
that they they came to us you know and we went out and played with nothing to lose we end up beating whitewater at our place that's awesome when i was at concordia and then we go there the next year 2018 i think it was and that was just an amazing experience for the guys we show up and their stadium is awesome um the staff the guys are awesome they've got a country concert going on in the parking lot it's the opening game of the year like it's a state school so there's more students than what we're used to on our campus so our guys are in the locker room and literally there's a guy jamming out on a stage, like set up stage in the parking lot, yeah, you know, just cool. a, an awesome experience for them. You know, unfortunately lost, but 25 years from now, they're going to look back and say that they got to do that. And like just everything that that involved. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and only go as far into this as you feel comfortable, but like, w- what can you bring from that experience? And this is, this is a hard hitting question, Ready? Usually we, uh, this is just the boom, let's get to the meat of it. For for a Knox alum or a Knox recruit, how do you think you can transfer that experience playing against some of the top caliber uh, competition in the country? Uh, like you met, Whitewater has a, that, that school is 10,000 people. That school is bigger than some Big Ten schools. You know what I mean? And, but they're playing at a Division three non-scholarship level. You had to play them. I believe St. Thomas is 10,000-ish. Uh, I think it's like 6,000 undergrad and a couple and more. Yeah, there, or right? maybe 6,000 total with some grad students. Either, sizable schools, big budgets, some heavy-duty recruits. How do you take that uh, and bring it to Knox College? And how do you use that experience to help us compete in the Midwest Conference? I, for us up there, and I, and I kind of already talked about it with you a little bit earlier today too. It's, it's, we have to control what we can control. Um, you know, we got to go about doing our business, um, you know, and, and regardless of who we're up against now, we took a chance out there, you know, am I going to want to schedule Wisconsin whitewater right away down here? Absolutely not. Like, you know, within reason, but it allowed us to self-assess where we were at and we were at a point where we needed to see where we were. And so we took that chance, we got them on the schedule, but it's not like our, our mindset changed of, oh, now we're playing Wisconsin Whitewater. We have to do this, this, and this. Like, no, we have to continue to do mm-hmm. and be who we are, control what we can control. They're going to show up, you know, and, and I think the positive was on the other side, in our conference, we had been playing those top 10 teams mm-hmm. too. Totally. So we weren't intimidated by the idea that they were coming in. But 100%, there was the prestige of we're playing Whitewater now, you know, and then we added lacrosse after that. But it was still about what are we doing for ourselves? Are we controlling you know, the things that we need to do? Are we playing to the best of our ability? And if that was where we were at, that we were maximizing ourselves, the rest of it is, is what it is. And I think that's one of the big things that I want to start here. You know, we have, you know, down the road, maybe it is, we talk more about the opponents, but we, we've got to look at ourselves and try to maximize what we're doing on and off the field. Are we the best version of Knox College at this point? Mm-hmm. And until we're the best version of ourselves on a day in and day out basis, then then trying to compare ourselves to somebody else totally. is, is ineffective. It's a waste of time. It's inefficient. I think it comes back to what I said earlier. I'm, and not in a bad way, but I'm unapologetically me. Right, and you're either going to get the vibe or you're not. And and I used to do this at Concordia, um, and it's it's going to be the way that I go about things here in recruiting. If I'm sitting with a young man, um, I, I care less about the materials that I give you. I'm not a big pamphlet guy because chances are the pamphlet is probably going to go, you know, the handout, whatever I give a, a student athlete when I'm sitting at the high school is probably just going to go end up in the locker and the trash. Right? What they want is the personal connection, and mm-hmm. and I I am a firm believer that a lot of times. Student athletes, no matter the sport, they choose the school that they go to based on the relationship that they have with the coach. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, when you have a good staff, 
your other guys that aren't the head coach are doing a great job of recruiting. So that way they bring them into the office. So that way I have a, ch a chance to talk with them. Mm -hmm. But I would get asked the question uh, a lot. And, and sometimes I think D3 guys, you know, especially that have a lot of pride in their institution, um, kind of frown at this. But I would get asked the question, well, what's the difference between this place and this place or this place and you? Nothing. We're a Division three school. Okay, like we're going to focus on your academics. And we're now, not on ESPN. Right. We're, we're not on ESPN. We all have our one unique tradition that we're going to tell you is the best thing in the world. But when it boils down to it, you need to identify like, can we prepare you for the next step in your life? Um, and, and I think it knocks the statistics on our academics speak for themselves about where we're going to get you into the world. Right. But when it comes down to football, like, do you want the opportunity to play? Yes or no. Okay. I'm giving you the opportunity to play. Oh, and you're getting a good vibe from me. The biggest difference between Knox College and anywhere else is like, I don't work there. I work at Knox, <laughs> there you go. right? Like it's, it's, yeah, it's me. Yeah. If you are yeah. having, having a good relationship with me, then, then this is going to work. Doesn't mean that you're going to commit here. No, but like, let's take the next step. And that I, I always had that. And I, it was funny. Cause I would tell, you know, last year I was at uh, Concordia, I was coaching offense coordinators, coaching offensive linemen. So like that conversation with an old lineman that. was very much like if you're an offensive lineman and you're going to walk out of this meeting, because I think, I think kids get a gut feeling, right? Like mm -hmm. I like this guy or I understand this guy. He resonates with me. He, he seems really real. And I mm -hmm. think that's what I think that I am like blowing smoke and all that type of stuff in the recruiting process. It's just inefficient, right? I'm mm -hmm. trying to identify, totally. I'm trying to identify kids that are actually genuinely interested. And if I blow them with smoke, then they aren't actually interested in my school. They're interested in the garbage that I fed them. So then at some point I have to come back around and tell them the truth and then still decide if they're interested or not. Like why waste my time? Why waste the kids time? My job right. as a recruiter is yes, to get student athletes to come here to Knox college, but ultimately I am part of the process that helps them determine the best place for them. I'd much rather impact a kid in a positive way by putting some pressure on him or, or having a real conversation and him saying, you know what? I don't, I, I just, I just didn't like that guy or I didn't <laughs> like his mustache or, or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. But it's if, great mustache, if but something, yeah, yeah. if something happened in our conversation that allows him to identify the best place for him, then I have helped that young man. Right. Because the worst thing would be to bring him here, have him be unhappy because of who I am. Um, and then want to transfer, right? Nobody wants to transfer. You're going to school, you're paying for it. It's division three. Um, and, and all of a sudden now you're in a transfer game. Now you're into a fifth year scenario. Now you're paying more money than you should. Like right. the college experience, um, the, the division three liberal arts college student athlete experience should last four years in and, in and out the door, move on to the next step. Um, right. and, and for 99.99% of student athletes, at division three level, that is not playing any more football. You know, so we should prepare them that way. But yeah, it comes back to efficiency. You know, I'm me. I, I'm the difference. I'm at Knox. I'm not anywhere else. I love that, man. And I, I, I love that for so many reasons. Number one, um, efficiency is a good use of, of words. Efficient is an accurate and efficient choice of word because you're right. All, all the, um, you know, I reflect on my own uh, recruiting process when I was being recruited. Um the role that I, whatever role I took in recruiting other people, the role that I now play as a coach helping kids get recruited, it's like, it, it, it's not, it is, uh, you said garbage, so I'm just gonna go with that. If you feed kids garbage, like, it, it, it is, it is coming back to you. You know what I mean? And that's what I say, I'll tell you right now. So, like, just to throw it all out there, I, I, I went to New Trier High School, uh, I grew up in the city, went to New, New Trier High School, loved my experience there. Went off to Knox College and loved my experience there. 
and I have, and that we've had a host of Nutria kids come through since. Every single one of them, I told the same thing to. I said, "Look, I care more about you than I care about getting you to my alma mater. Like you as a person, you are more important than than me getting someone to my alma mater." Um, because number one, it's just plain simply ethically true. And number two is like, and I also, you know, I would feel terrible if two years from now we have a conversation where you feel bad because you're telling me that you didn't enjoy it, whatever, didn't enjoy the experience of trying to transfer. To to be open and honest um, and real, you can. It's okay to see things optimistically. You know what I mean. You can paint an, an optimistic picture. I think you, we all need optimism and hope, but you have to be open and honest. And and uh, what you just said, just for anyone listening. Um, I literally, I've known you since your first day on this campus. Is that fair? Is that true? Uh, but I guess, yeah. The first literally. time, as a senior in high school, my first day that yeah. I came on campus. Yeah, you right. gave me my, my campus tour. So, uh, and you were the same person then. And you, you are an evolved version, of course. We mm-hmm. all hopefully are of the same person. And when you talk about, like, you're just, you just are you, plain and simple. Uh, I think that's totally true. And I, to be frank, I would, I would, I think some people like to believe that about themselves, but they still sort of like duck and dodge and cater to whatever. But you are you are you, and I think that's one thing that excites me about the future of the Knox College program is who you are. I uh, you know I'll speak on your behalf. Did you did you guys win a state championship? I won two of them. Okay, you won two state championships in high school. You brought that sort of standard and mentality to Knox right away. It was it was very clear that you were like a football guy. And I have a real soft spot for fullbacks and football. I just think fullbacks are like the ultimate football guy, kind of, you know. Um, and your your skill set, I know, started to shine more and more. They adapted to what you brought to the table. Uh, went from a true blocking fullback to carrying the ball and a variety of different things. And, and um, man, it's just, and, and like you say, your energy, your passion for fitness, um, it's all just true and real. And is very consistent, which brings me back to this idea that you were, we were talking about uh, leadership strategies earlier. Like you've sort of lived that thing that you're going to share. Like w- what was the term? The consistency. You know, what I'm talking about like if you do it, you do it right every Con- day. Consistency like, compounds. Consistency uh, compounds. Yeah. Yep. You, Consistent. You, if you keep stacking your good days on yeah. top of one another, um, it, it it comes back to the. I always tell kids that if you hear a football cliche or you hear a coaching cliche, yeah. it, you hear it because it's more often than not, it's true. That's right. why it is the cliche. Right. That's right. why it's been around it's for so long. Wrong. Right. right. So you, you, you're not, you never stay the same. You're either getting better or worse. Yeah. Um, and, and so if we're getting even a little bit better, you start to add that on, it's going to compound. You're going to get more and more better. And it, it just comes back to stacking those good days, you know, on top of, of one another. And I guess, yeah. Uh, I don't know what else you want on that, but no, that's great. I like that. I, I think, I think it's meaningful. I think it's meaningful because it's true and it's simple and it's straightforward and it aligns with all the conversations that we've had about it. It's like you, you're trying to, you're welcoming people in who, um, who are authentically driven to things that you are also authentically driven toward. And then when they're here, that you'll, you'll help them have a good experience on day one, then on day two, push them a little harder on day three and then day four. And by the time they come out of here four years from now, they will be an evolved version of themselves with hopefully um, some wins under their belt, some meaningful wins. That absolutely. That's the plan, right? That they, they come here, they get their, their education to prepare them for life. 
They enjoy their experience. They get an opportunity to do whatever they want, right? It is Division Three. They're paying for it, right? Yeah. So part of my job is to, to cater to the customer uh, and, yeah, in yeah. that sense, right? They, they allow them the opportunity to do those things. You know, continue to grow up as an adult and, and yeah, win games. Like it's like I said yeah. earlier, I think it's still college football. Like this is America. There's a winner and a loser. Like yeah. they need the opportunity to, to play in meaningful games and win them. Yeah. Okay. With that in mind, can you take us – through your uh, was it four components of leadership those those yeah. categories yeah yep. yep so first and foremost before you can be a leader you have to be self-accountable you have to be able to to handle your own business um you know i kind of talked to those guys about you know being on time all the little things right like you have to show that you you are in control of your life right yeah. you are not just a uh, a reflection of the things that happen to you. Hmm, like yeah. you, you're driving your life. Um, and then you have to kind of lead by example. Um, there are a lot of guys that, that are in control of their own life, but they don't necessarily want to be out front and they want to lead by example. They don't put themselves out there to say, I'm doing it better than everybody else. Or, I, I'm outworking everybody. Um, and, and they need to be accountable, but they also need to be able to do that in front of people. So that way others see it as, wow, that that's impactful. I, I should want to strive to do it as well as he does. Yeah. Um, but just simply leading by example is, is not enough um, for any leader, right? Like there, there's got to be more to it. Um, and then I think the last two of those that, that I think are the most important qualities are they, they have to know how to operate within our family. But I think it's true for operating in a business. I think it's true for the rest of their life. Um, and so they have to know everybody on the team and they have to understand what our philosophy, what our culture, what our standard, what our expectation is. Because the number one and number two things that happen when an individual gets called out um, is that they, they instantly feel the victim, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm, you're coming at me and what the first thing that needs to happen is that the person that's being called out needs to recognize that whatever they're being called out for, that action initiated an emotional response in the person that's doing the calling out. Their feelings were hurt too. It's a, a, a reciprocal relationship. It's not a one way somebody's looking in from the top coming down on that person that's being called out or called up or, or however you want to do it. Um, and so the natural reaction of that person is to say, you don't know me or you don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Basically, there's not an individual investment within the team for you and me as teammates to really know each other. And two, maybe the standard, the expectation is just too vague that I interpret it different. But if it becomes very clear what the standard is, and I kind of facilitate an experience where these guys, you know, kind of have to to get to know each other, which I do. I kind of force yeah. them to interview each other. I kind of force them to um, have interactions and then share that information cool. information back. They to interview the each other. Yeah. So we'll start it here in the spring. So within the position group, um, I kind of go with an old guy, young guy, um, big brother, little brother. Ho however, you want to phrase that. But partner those two guys up. It's especially important when you bring a new guy in, right? Yeah. Like get them around an older guy that kind of the the hidden curriculum, like where are the buildings? Like how do you use your meal pass? Like yeah, just yeah. some of that stuff that's just unique to every college campus uh, individually. And so part of like fall camp, and we'll do it here this spring, before we actually install X's and O's in the evening, there's a, a lot of time for them to ask questions of big brother said little brother and they kind of interview each other and they start very basic um you know tell me about your high school you know what position did you play like naturally they have something in common because they're both probably playing the same position now that's how i try to match right. them up but then we go a little bit deeper and we start to talk about family life and background you know are your parents married or are they divorced do you have step siblings are you the oldest are you the youngest things that are maybe 
not the easiest in a, in a new conversation to talk about. So I kind of, kind of push that to, to get to know each other past the surface level. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you like the bears. Cool. Right. That's, that's not developing our relationship. So they interview the first night, the second night, then they exchange that information within their position group. You know, so if you and me are doing it, I stand up, I talk about you, Jim, and then you stand up and you talk about me and we tell that to our position group, which is all a group of dudes that should have something in common. We play the same position, right? We're we're building these touch points. Um, And then the following night, I mix them up by position. Um, And particularly, you know, previously at Concordia on the offensive side, take a a partner of quarterbacks, a partner of receivers, a partner of running backs, and a partner of offensive line, and then make them talk, you know, across position groups. Um, And then eventually leading to uh, something that you and I would have done, uh, and you would have facilitated it for me, um, a walk the line. Um, but I do it as a stand up, sit down, call out. So I will say a particular statement. And if it applies to you, then you stand up. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, then you stay seated. And again, we start very basic. I was, um, and I was a starter on my football team, you know, large majority of the room, pretty much everybody's probably going to stand up. It's college football program. You know, I was a captain of my football team. You know, there's going to be a smaller number that stands up. Um, I was an all conference player. I was an all state player. I was academic all state, you know, and then, you start to go into what other sports did they play? I was a wrestler. You know, wrestlers obviously have that connection. They want to roll around. Yeah, they yeah, want to, yeah. they want to touch each other, take each other down, just like yeah, you know, yeah. grind heads and, and things like that. But then, you know, I go into majors. You know, I'm a business major here. And, and one, I guess, even before that, one of the things I do, I'm a senior here. Because how many of your freshman kids come in and they automatically know who all the seniors are? Right. Right. <laughs> they know yeah, I'm yeah. a I'm a freshman. And the rest of those guys are old everyone guys. Else, yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone yeah. else has been here. They're experienced. Well, who are the seniors? Yeah. You know, who are the juniors? Who are the sophomores? And then we kind of go through the majors. But then I get into some of those questions. Um, you know, I come from split family, or um, I had a. Unfortunately, I've lost a parent. Hmm. Um, you know, I've I've dealt with that grief, uh, that loss. Um, get into I've I've had issues with mental health. You know, and they don't have to participate, right? It's sure, completely totally. voluntary on them. Like it's I want a, them to feel comfortable. Right, it's a safe atmosphere, yeah. Of course, yeah. But what they start to see is that what I'm trying to get to, and what they start to see is that we have a lot more in common, right? Especially yeah. in today's society, where it's a lot of times the differences come to the forefront. This is trying to connect us on the things that we do have in common, so right. that way we can grow the relationship from there. Um, so that's where they get to know each other. Yeah. You know, then we talk about, you know, the philosophy the identity the culture of our program. So then they know what the standard is that we're going to do, you know, and then going back to leadership, then they have to be willing to recognize, or they have to have the ability to recognize conflict and they have to be willing to address it. Right. That, that you go from being accountable for yourself to yeah. showing everybody that you're accountable and, and leading by example to now my example is there, but I recognize when it's not on, on that level, hmm. right? And then the last part is that in order to kind of, and, and they tie together, right? I'm calling somebody out. It's that you have to be inspiring. So it's it's the call up. I want you to get, hey, come over here. Like, let's let's do it this way. Let's yeah. get back in line because call this is, right. is, is right. the expectation. Like, let me help you do what I want you to do. Like, you know, do you need to understand? Do you need a little help? Are you struggling with something? Because I personally yeah. know you. Um, and then an inspiring person is passionate, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's that vibe we were talking about earlier that they start, they're, they're doing it. They're leading by example, but it's also, they have an, an energy, a feel about them that, man, I want to do that too. Like yeah. the way that somebody attacks the weight room. I, I want to do that too. I want to attack it at the same way that they do. And I think until you have the ability to be impactful in all of those ways, or you hold all of those skill sets, um, 
you can't necessarily be a captain for me. Hmm. Yeah, um, and, I like that. And I have to define that for them so that way they know what we're voting on as captains. I like that a lot. And I want, I want to come back to one thing really quickly because uh, for people who are listening and, and, and might want to in, install some of this stuff in their place, we do some of those things a little bit on, in our workshops. And, and I go back and forth because um, you know some of it seems surface level. And I think one of the ways that we differentiate ourselves, our, our organization, is that we don't do things that are surface level. They may, you know, we, we think deeply about things. We do the back end work and whatever product you put out there is, is meaningful. That's our hope. You, you operate similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for those who are like, well, I don't know, you know, stand up, sit down or cross the line, walk the line type stuff. That seems like kind of kid stuff, whatever, who, who, who cares? What I found is that um, it, it fast tracks the stuff that might've happened anyway. You know what I'm saying? So like maybe you and I find out down the road that we both like the Incredible Hulk, but it takes us, you know, two months and we're, we just happen to be in the same place and, and Avengers are on, I, you know, hypothetically. Okay, fine. But like you use the perfect word. We've created, we've sort of forced these touch points early so that you, you now have like this mini scaffold on which to build a potential relationship or at least a connection within a team. Um, and, and I think people forget about that. People sometimes I find that that coaches and kids, you know, you, you want to sort of play it cool, and you don't you don't want to be like ah, it'll happen when it happens, and and that's fine. That's certainly one way to go about it. But um, you know, I think more and more this is what at least it's, is occurring to me is like you wouldn't say that about strength or speed or understanding the playbook. Like I'll get it when I get it. No, it. So for me, um, and I I learned it from an awesome place. I, I was around NDSU race to maturity, right? Like you, yeah, yeah. when you said the word fast tracking the relationship, yeah. it's a race to maturity. Like yeah. if your team is not connected to one another, then there's a, then there a disconnect, right? Like right. they don't have the ability to play for one another because they're not connected. So a lot of the things that I talk about is the race to maturity. You know, we're down in the weight room earlier. We were talking about what's your limiting factor. Okay. This is your limiting factor. How soon can you grow up and get over that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, ha- totally. ra- yeah. Race to maturity. When I, you know, coming back, I feel like I had a head start being a Knox alum coming right. back to Knox college, but there's still things that I'm trying to learn. And, and you see the whiteboard, like race to maturity. I think when we are a mature program that I have installed the things that I want to, that whiteboard is going to be empty, right? You know, constantly evolving, constantly analyzing it. But, you know, I want to get all that stuff in as soon as possible because I think fundamentally for us to, to take that step and move the needle the way that I think it should be moved and can be moved at Knox College, yeah. all of those things are, are super important. Is that all you? That Yeah, that's, that's so they're, they're dropped into buckets. I'm a big whiteboard guy, so I've got too. <laughs> my team meeting stuff. I've got my weight room stuff. I have, you know, alumni. I have recruiting, which is obviously a big one, but then you see the arrows that come off of recruiting and they go to alumni and then they go to social media. You know, we are in the process of hiring a DC, so there's that. There's the process of, you know, our banners. Um, you know, some of that is, is HR, right? I like this. It's, it's my map, and, and some yeah. people would maybe put this one into a Google Sheets too, but for me, um, it's, it's actually up there that, that I can kind of see. And then when we have meetings, you know, as a staff, we kind of talk about those. And once we've got something on there, then we kind of cross it off. But, you know, coming back as an alum, for me, you know, having not got to play my last two and a half games, backstory broke my foot uh, week eight of my senior year. There was always this unfinished business hmm. um, that I've just always had these ideas. Like you, you and I are idea guys to a certain extent about Knox football. Yeah. And I think these are what super do you mean, important. To a certain extent, I, I've not seen you where we didn't uh, since college, <clears throat> where we didn't spend at least 
multiple hours on this. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But no, I, it's it's race to maturity. The sooner that we can get all of this accomplished and, and get going, then I think we'll actually be to a point where we can start to analyze the effect of these things and then start to make the adjustments that are necessary for us to continue to grow. Um, but these are the things that I think are important for us right now yeah. to start moving the needle. I love it. All right, so let's do this. Uh, I got two questions for you to sort of finish up. <clears throat> the big one is, um, I hope recruits listen to this and listen to you. And I don't, I don't know if your very clear energy will translate to podcast, but I hope it does. Um, wh- what, what are you looking for in a recruit? Um, so funny, right? So, and I'll, I'll go so you down. You want them to be funny? Yes, I would love <laughs> for them to be funny. I would love for them to be funny. I want good people, right? Yeah. You know, one of the things that I talk about with them is, is what do you do when no one's looking? So I bring up the shopping cart. Like, where do you put your shopping cart? Do you put it back in the mm, cart corral yeah, or do you just yeah. leave your shopping cart? You know, nobody's really watching you put the cart back. You know, how do you treat uh, a waitress, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that your food is a little bit late. Like, how do you treat that waitress? I want good people, good human beings. Um, and if they're crushing it in life, like, that's great. But I recognize that they're teenagers, so that may or may not be the case. But that's where, you know, I want to come in. But I want somebody that likes to see things the way that we do. And I like somebody with a work ethic. And I mm-hmm. think one of the things that makes Knox very interesting and unique is our application process. It's It's got more layers than other people because we want to identify all of you as a student and all of you as a person, not just, okay, here's your GPA, here's your test score, like you can or cannot survive here. Um, right. We need to identify your work ethic. We need to talk about you as a person. Like what else are you bringing to the table? What makes you unique? What makes you you? And why right. would we be missing the boat at Knox College if you mm-hmm. weren't here? Right. Um, and when I talk to students about that, crushing that and the dedication to say, you know what? I'm interested in Knox. Coach Willits, I'm I'm feeling you. Like you and I are seeing eye to eye right now. Also, the way that they go about that process, the way they attack the application process shows me whether or not they're going to be successful here hmm. with their work ethic because yeah. there's multiple points. So, That's I want to see that I want to see them go after it and be the type of guy that I don't have to email eight times to do something, right? Like Time management when you get here on the academic side of things is huge. I yeah. want to see guys that are on top of their stuff, yeah. um, that, that they know what they need to get done in a timely manner and they're on it. Right. And the other thing that it shows is it goes back to that efficiency in the recruiting process. If that young man has a conversation with me and next thing you know, like I look on the next day in the app report and he started his app and then all of a sudden two days later, he's got it in. And then all of a sudden he sends me a text message that he's got his FAFSA done. Like that's been very efficient for us in the process because I know he's in. doesn't mean that he's eventually going to come here, right? Mm -hmm. I I hope that's the case, but I know he's in and he he understood our conversation that he saw what the expectation was and the way that I want to move this program. And that fit him personality wise. And right now, I'd be lying to say that, you know, we're going to go out and go 10 and 0, right? right. Like we, we do have some rebuilding going on, yep. but I want that kid that also sees that as a challenge. Like I can come make an impact. Yeah. I have an opportunity to change things because yeah. that's, that's me, right? I know I was, I played here, but coming back as an alum, I have an opportunity to change the course of this program. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe we have an administration that wants me. That's why I'm here. Right. Yeah. So I want guys that, that kind of have that chip on their shoulder a little bit, that kind of have that mentality of like, let's go do something different. Mm-hmm. Like, let's change things. Let's, let's do something outside of the box. Um, because all of a sudden you get enough of those guys around that understand what they're doing, understand what I'm about, understand that, you know, my vibe and we're on the same page. That's when, again, the needle is going to start to move um, and we're going to start to ratchet some things up. 
and we're going to get to a point where we're a mature program and now we can start tackling some bigger challenges yeah. you know down the road i love it so I, I and i know those kids are out there and i hope uh coaches or kids pass this along to them i, I think i heard um work ethic solid life balance i, I would add to that though um that if it's not where it needs to be now, that I, that Knox also does an amazing job of supporting people in getting to that place. Would you a agree with that? Absolutely. Like I think I said that, but like yeah. they may not be that way. You don't like have, they're, right. they're young adults. Nobody right? is seventeen. But you got to be. You got to be willing totally. to want to be better. I, I think you know. I know I had some academic struggles when I came here. Um, you know, from, from my high school to here, it was just a, a different rigor. There was a lot more time on our hands cause we're trimesters and, and things like yeah. that. But I was willing to grow as right. an adult learner right. and, and identify what was going to be effective for me to be the best student that I could be. If guys are willing to, to recognize that they have room for growth and they're willing to come here and grow in that mm-hmm. process, athletically and academically, you know, socially, spiritually, yeah. whatever that may be, if they have a willing attitude, right. those are the guys that I want. Dude, it's all outlook. It, you know what I mean? It, it, it's kind of like when you say, you, you said it before, but like controlling what you can control, that's, that's just an outlook. Um, and I think in willingness, sort of a willingness to have the humility, it's, it's come, you mentioned it, to have the humility to know that you have to improve and the ambition to know that you want to improve and get to a certain point. That's a, that's a meaningful combination uh, from a mindset perspective. That's, that comes back to the why. Right. The why for my program is to develop quality young men. Right. Right. What we do is football speed and strength, right? But yep. the why is to help them grow up and, and become quality young men, develop yeah. young adults, develop guys that can go out and be successful in the world. That's that's the why, right? And and that's you know what we're hitting on right now, the why. And to, to sort of really put it full circle, this entire conversation, I've been looking at something on your uh, wall here, which uh, it's a sign, a frame sign that says a good coach can change a game, a great coach can change a life. Um, and really, that's that's kind of what you're talking about football as a platform right to do all this meaningful education for sure and so that was a a gift from my parents and and obviously they enjoy the aspect of me being a coach because they they still got something to do they can come and watch games and things like that but super fans you know and and a little caveat to this that comes off of that is i've had those guys that changed my life yeah um in high school i I played for a guy and i'm going to give him a shout out and i will every time i have the opportunity kelly welter he's a head coach at monticello um, I named my son Cullen. My son oh, wow. is named after my high school football coach. The impact that he had on me, my family, and, and so many other players that played for us. Yeah, we we were successful, but he cared about us on the individual relationship. It mm-hmm. all started like a lot of my philosophy, a lot of who I am is because of that. Um, you know, amazing. and it resulted in the wins and losses. So I believe in the process. Um, you know, and then Coach Gibbons. You know, I, I ended up coming here because. I had an opportunity to talk with Coach Gibbons, and there's just something very real about the relationship from the very beginning that I had with him. Um, and and I want to make this program as successful as possible because I don't know if there's I, there's a lot of people that care about this program, but that guy wants to see this program be everything that it possibly can um, so much, and I want to make him proud. I want to make all alumni proud of of what we're doing. I want to make I want to make our players proud. Um, and, and give them an opportunity to show a result that reflects their input right. uh, into it that, that really 
shows how hard they've worked for it. I want this campus to be proud. I want this community. I want the Galesburg community to be proud and say, you know, that they're a part of our Knox football program. I want the alumni to be a part of our program and, and feel proud of the product on and off the field that we're putting together because it really does, you know, the, the saying takes a village to raise a family. Like it takes a village to run a football program. It, right. it really does. And all of those are relationships. They're touch points that can have a positive impact on a young man's experience here. I love it, man. Um, all right. So how about this? If someone wants to get in contact with you, yep. what's the best way to reach out? Um, probably just shoot me an email. It's a willits at knox.eu, A-W-I-L-L-I-T-S at Knox, K-N-O-X dot E-D-U. Um, or I'm on Twitter at Coach Willits. Love it. Well, um, we, we've made a habit at the Good Athlete Project of not endorsing anything that we don't actually believe in. Um, so I, I want to be clear that in, in, in my last, uh, in my last free weekend before football season, um, when I could have gone anywhere on a quick vacation, I came down to Knox college to meet with coach Willits, hang out with coach Gibbons, who you also mentioned. Um, and I endorsed this place. I'm pumped for you, man. I of course endorse you. Um, it's weird to think how long have I known you now? 15 years plus, uh, 17 plus that's crazy okay so uh uh, uh this <laughs> um a, a depth of understanding this is not after one meeting um and uh yeah you know here, here's i'll leave us on this i've got a nephew he's about to be two years old and i think you know i don't have a child but i care about this kid as much as anything on the planet legitimately he's my godson and i love him and um you know, one of the things that I use as sort of a barometer to more accurately self-reflect and make sure that I'm never lying to myself is would I trust this person in environment X, Y, or Z, you know? Um, and if the question is, would I trust him in, in your hands, in your program at this place? Uh, the answer is yes. So like for what it's worth, anyone who knows me, like I, I there isn't, I don't have a bigger endorsement. So I, I do hope people reach out to you, coaches or players. And um, I'm, dude, I'm excited to see where this all goes. Uh, so am I, man. I mean, that's why I'm back. Yeah. And um, you are an, a close friend, but also an alumni of this program. And I hope I put something out there that you are are proud of as part of this program. It's it's our program, not just mine as the head coach. It's it's our program. It's it's Coach Gibbons' program. It's all the alumni's program. And it, it matters. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E print, P-R-I-N-T dot com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.